Well, good morning. I love it when we worship together and when I believe it, when it's coming out so strongly. And hearing all of you sing this morning, I just wanted to keep on singing. But I'm so glad that we're able to be here. I do want to ask if there's some, if we can have some ushers remove some people from the front row and move them to the back row. Uh, if we could have, have ushers come forward and escort my neighbors uh, who thought that it'd be fun to wear their chiefs attire in front of me today. If you're new with us today, um, you don't need to applaud that. We're not looking for applause. Broncos stink, I know, and you got to rub it in my face. So anyway, we're, we're excited. Everyone's here today, excited those who are online. Uh, we are in a series uh, right now that we're going to dive back into. It's the third week of it. And I was trying to think, you know, we don't agree on the teams we root for all the time. You know, half this place is K-State, half the place is KU, half the place is Chief, and half the place is Broncos. Well, I mean, I'm dreaming. We're trying to work on that. Uh, we don't agree on a lot of things. There's certainly, there's so much that we don't agree on. But if there's one thing I think we could agree on this morning is this, we're terrible waiters. We don't like to wait. We don't like to wait in the grocery store line. We don't like to wait at the stoplight. We don't like to wait. And even more so, some of us, maybe are feeling this way even today, it's hard to wait on God when we feel like we're waiting on God. And some of you are waiting on God now. You've prayed long and you've prayed hard for a season and it feels like there's no answers coming. It feels like God is silent, that he's absent. You may be thinking, God, do you even care about me? Have you forgotten about me? Are you even there? There's all, all of us have seasons like that in our life. Some of you may be there today. You've been praying for a long time for God to heal you physically. You've been praying for God for a long time to heal you emotionally as you struggle with depression and anxiety. You're like, God, where are you? We, we, I want, we need your healing. Maybe you're praying today for uh, God's healing relationally. And you're like, God, would you fix my marriage? Would you heal this relationship? Some of you may be praying for a, a spouse. You're single, you're praying for a spouse. And God seemingly has gone silent. He's not answering. You're wondering, where is God? Does he, does he care for me? Or maybe you have a prodigal child and you have a son or daughter and you just so much want them to come back and come home to God. Is God listening? Does he care? And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. Today's message is from our series, Missing Peace, and the title of it is, Why is God Making Me Wait? It's not the first time this has been going on for centuries that people have felt this way. It's exactly how the Jews felt 2,000 years ago waiting for a Savior. We have hindsight. They didn't have hindsight. God promised to send them a Savior, but nothing happened. There was no answer. He was silent. And if we rewind today from the Christmas story that we're celebrating this season, if we re rewind 750 years before Christ was born, we see the prophet Isaiah. He's declaring God's words to the people. That's the way God spoke to the people in those days, is he spoke through prophets. Uh, they, God spoke a word to them, and they went out and declared to the people the word of the Lord. And 750 years before Jesus, these were the words of Isaiah that we love to hear now today. Isaiah 7, 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. They heard that word from the Lord, and then what happened next? They waited. And they waited. 
and they waited some more. We can relate to this and many times we might be thinking sometimes when we think of our circumstances that we're in, we might relate it to how they would felt and thinking things like, what is God doing? Where is he? Why are we waiting? Maybe you're waiting for God's healing, for God's provision. Maybe you're waiting for a breakthrough. Why is God waiting? Where is God while I'm waiting? We see that Isaiah spoke. And the people are probably thinking, you know, God's going to act on this. But a lot of time went past. 350 years later would result in another 400 years of waiting. 400 years in which there now there was no word from the Lord. There was no prophet from the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, to the first book of the New Testament, the Gospel of Matthew. From that Malachi to Matthew, that was 400 years that there was no word written down for us to have recorded to us today. There was no word from the Lord. There was, God was not speaking. He was, not, he, was, he was silent in that season and in that time. And maybe you feel like, it maybe hasn't been 400 years, but you may be thinking, it may not be 400 years, but I've prayed and I prayed and there's been no answer and no answer. I've waited and I waited nothing. So what are those 400 years? What are they to teach us? I hope they'll teach us this today as we unpack this. I hope it'll teach us that God may feel silent, but it doesn't mean he's absent. God may feel silent in your life, but he is not absent. We sang a song, one of my daughter's favorite songs. I'm speaking of waiting. We've been waiting and we can't wait for them to come home Friday night. So college parents, I know you're excited or first job parents and your kid lives away. You can't wait. And it seems like forever, but you see at least the light at the end of the tunnel in those circumstances. But what we sang about today was a song about how God works even when we don't feel like it even when we don't see it. And I love it in staff meeting on, on Monday when we're sharing about the service and kind of where we're going. I'm sharing about where the message is going and Pastor Dustin looks like, I love it when a plan comes together, when we don't even talk about it and that's the exact song. We don't talk. I don't, I don't ask Pastor Dustin to pick the songs I want to go along with my, my message. The only really instruction I have is we just want to see God show up. We just want to see God's presence show up when God in, inhabits the praises of his people. And so, uh, but it was kind of a cool thing that he was like, that's the song uh, this morning. I was like, that's the song you're talking about. You knew, you saw my message and you saw my notes. You knew where we we're going, that God is, he's there. He's not absent. He may be silent, but even when we don't feel like he's working, even when we don't see that he's working, God never stops working. There's a verse in the New Testament that speaks of God's timing and Christmas. Found in Galatians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul said this, But when the set time, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. I love the translation that says, But when the time was right... When the time was just right, any mother of an uh, uh, expecting mother knows that you, you don't want a, the child to come in the fourth or fifth month or the sixth month. You want the child to come in the ninth month when the time is right. And for centuries, God had promised a Savior. For centuries, he had been promising uh, a, to bless everyone. And in, in that moment and season of time, 
God wanted to bless everyone. In fact, if you go back to the very beginning in Genesis chapter, chapter 12 and the story of Abraham, and here it's Abram because he hasn't changed his name yet, but it's the same guy. The Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. Man, the promises of this. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Man, God's promises are huge. They're big, and you can imagine Abraham's excitement receiving a promise like this. But here's the big part. And all the peoples, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. From the very beginning, all the peoples, God wanted to bless everyone. When Jesus was born, what did the angel say to the shepherd? The fulfillment of what we just read in, in, in the Gospel of Luke. says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. This is a fulfillment of the promise that was from the beginning to, to Abraham that God was going to bless all the peoples through him. He was going to bless everyone, and Jesus was the fulfillment of that prophecy. That's great, but you may be saying, why so much waiting? Why 750 years? Why 400 years since a word from the Lord was given? Why did centuries go by? Because all the people weren't ready. God's interested in all people. And all the people of the world were not ready to receive Jesus, the Messiah. God's plan was to bless all nations and all peoples, not just the Jews. So while the Jews thought God was silent, we want to be mindful of this. God was working. The Jews thought God was silent, but God was working. I love history in large part because it's one of the few things that I can, uh, I, I really enjoy. I, I was terrible at science. I was terrible at math, but I enjoyed history. And there's something about these 400 years that God's doing something. In the midst of this silence uh, uh, that the history was unfolding. These 400 years, history was unfolding. It seemed like chaos and darkness, but God was allowing history to run its course so he could provide for his plan. And sometimes we, we think that we're living, feel like in similar things. Like back in that day, it was wars. And world dominance was the theme of that day. War, wars and war, world dominance. Two W's that are tough to get out of my mouth this morning. Alexander the Great had conquered the whole world. And for the first time in history, there was a common language. Greeks, the Greek language. They, they, had, they, had, they had really had dominated the world and so just like kind of the English language today is kind of a, a language that's understood around much of the world or it's a primary language, not that everyone understands it or speaks it fluently, but it was a, it's, this is not the first time it's kind of a common language. The first time there was a common language was Greek, just like the English. In 280 BC, the Old Testament was translated into Greek. The first time the first time, not just the Hebrew language would be understood for the Bible, because in 63 B.C., uh, and sorry, in, in 280 B.C., the Old Testament was translated into the Greek. 
Before, just been in Hebrew. Just the Jews had the word of the Lord. And maybe they could share or not share, but it wasn't translated for others to hear. Now, here's one thing. There's no kingdom that's going to last forever. I love the United States. I, I love the freedom that we enjoy in this country. I enjoy the blessings of God that we've experienced. But this kingdom will not last forever. The only kingdom that's going to last forever is the kingdom of God. And the, the, the Greeks were overcome by the Romans in 63 B.C. And when the Romans overtook the world and they dominated, there was a season and time of peace. And in that season, they didn't have to spend their treasury and their monies on, on uh, artillery and, and, and to pay soldiers and to do all the things that war would require. And so they used their resources and their treasury to build an infrastructure and to build highways and roads all throughout the Roman world. At the same time, the Jews were dispersed and displaced all throughout the Roman world. And while the Jews thought, hey, this is not good, we've been given a setback, we're being dispersed, we're not all together anymore, it was because God was using the events of the world to set things up. You see, the Jews thought it was their setback, but God was preparing their set up. He was preparing the, the people 400 years that they would understand the language that the, that the Jews would be displaced throughout the, the, the Roman world so the good news could be spread and shared with others. And friends, our, our setbacks, we don't like them in the moment, but sometimes our setbacks are God set up. Sometimes our setbacks is God set up while people were waiting, God was working. God was working, even though they didn't feel like it, even though they didn't see it. You may feel like your world is in chaos, out of control, that God has been silent, but he's working. My favorite passage, one of my favorite passages is Romans 8, 28, that God works all things together for good to those who are called, who love him and are called according to his purpose. That he's working all things together for our good. Now, it doesn't say that, it doesn't say all good things happen if you're a Christian, or all good things happen if you follow Jesus. In fact, Jesus was very clear. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have trouble, but you can have peace because I've overcome the world. But you're going to have trouble because this world is marred by sin. It's marred by brokenness. It's marred by illness and sickness because we have a broken world that we live in. But God if we love him and are called according to his purpose, he's working even the bad things in our life out for our good. He'll take bad things that weren't meant for good and turn them and help them to become good and bring good out of those situations. I was thinking of my, my dad this morning and how uh, he's 19 years old and I, I love his stories. Um, he's going to be watching this, rewinding this over and over. He watches every week. And so he, I love his stories. They were my bedtime stories. I didn't have Hansel and Gretel. I didn't have the three little pigs. I had my dad's sports stories. And my dad, after uh, his freshman year of college at Scotts Bluff Community College in Nebraska, uh, he was kind of the star of the football team. Uh, they beat the number two team in the nation. They, he'd scored all four touchdowns in that game. Uh, it, was, it was a good year. Things were great. But like the teams I played for, the record wasn't so good. It was two and seven. And at the end of the year, the coach brought in a bunch of studs from other parts of the country, and my dad knew he was going to be the dud. He saw the writing on the wall. 
and he knew he wasn't going to touch the field. He was discouraged, depressed. All of his life was kind of poured into sports at that point. But God was using what he thought was a setback to create a setup for him. It was there that he moved to Oklahoma City. It was there that he went to Bethany Nazarene College, which is now Southern Nazarene University, to pursue a calling in the ministry that God had called him to. God was using his setback to set him up for God's purposes and for what God wanted to accomplish in his life. And you may feel displaced at times like the Jews did or my dad did, but God may want to set you up to spread his word. He may want to use the circumstances you're in to spread his love and his goodness, his good news. While you're waiting, God is working. And his silence doesn't mean his absence. It doesn't mean you're alone. We have plenty of examples all through Scripture of God's people waiting. The story of Abraham that we shared today. God gave him that promise when he was 75 years old and Sarah was 65 years old. He promised that he was going to birth a nation through them, that there was going to be so many people, they'd be like the stars in the sky, you couldn't count them, that all nations would be blessed through him. They were past the childbearing age when he gave them the promise, when God gave them the promise. But it'd be 25 more years before God will fulfill that promise. And Abraham at the age of 99 and Sarah at the age of 90, who she laughed at God when she was told that she's gonna, she was going to have a child. But God was just using their, their setbacks to, to set them up for his purposes, what he wanted to fulfill in them. We see Joseph later in the Old Testament in Genesis. When he's betrayed by his brothers, he's sold into slavery. He's, he's, he's unjustly imprisoned for 13 years. And he must have been thinking, what a setback, undeserved. But God was using Joseph's setback for a setup to save the whole nation of Israel, to save his brothers, who his brother Judah would pass on the lineage that would bring about Jesus. His setback was God set up. And this morning we have different things going on in our life. I was uh, reading a story about a pastor, Craig Rochelle of Oklahoma City Life Church, about he and his wife, and how years ago, I'm filling in the gaps a little bit. I'm reading between the lines, but it sounded like he was, uh, lived a pretty uh, rebellious life against God before coming to Jesus, as many have. And uh, he was living for himself, didn't respect women and those things, but then he had a turnaround, and God came into his life. He accepted Christ as his Savior, and so he kind of went on a two-year sabbatical, if you will, from dating, and he just said, I'm not going I'm, I'm to date a woman until I know how to treat a woman, and so he started just saying, hey, Saturday nights used to be date night with gals, and now it's going to be date nights with God. He said, it sounded weird, sounded crazy, but he said, I began to have Saturday night date nights with God, and I began to pray and write letters to my future spouse, and, and, and when God brought that person to my life, and, and, and my, my love and my, my love for God first, and, and during that same time, his wife, I guess who'd grown up in the church, if I remember the story right, had kind of grown up following God, but she was in a season she'd walked away from God. She'd walked away from him. She wasn't living for him. But then through a friend, she began to have her heart stirred and she began to get back into the church and she, she began to come back to Christ. And it was at that point that God began to bring their stories together. You see, neither one was ready. And sometimes God 
is not slow in keeping his promises, but sometimes we're not ready for the work that he wants to do. Maybe you've been praying to be married, but you're still single. Don't waste your waiting. Craig didn't waste his waiting. He, he was intentional about it. You've been praying for your marriage and wondering if God's gonna hear you. Don't waste your waiting. Use this time to lean into him and draw closer to him. You might even be going through a divorce right now and, and I don't have the, I maybe not have the best news for you. Maybe it's done and it's, God's not gonna bring it back, but don't waste your waiting. God, your last day, it's not your, 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 your worst day that you may be feeling, it's not your last day. God's not done with you. God may be using your setback, what you think is your greatest setback, for his greatest comeback, for his biggest setup. You've been praying for a baby month after month, and, and nothing happens, and you feel like God's gone silent. Don't waste your waiting. God is going to fulfill his purposes for you. You've been praying for a promotion or a job to relieve financial stress. Maybe your setbacks is God's wanting to get your attention for his set up and for your comeback. And that's one of the reasons we've been talking about financial peace the last several weeks starting in January is maybe that's God's way of setting you up to live differently. Maybe you prayed till you're blue in the face for healing. Early in 2014, I was pastor in California and I remember telling our church early in the year because I was challenging them to the same thing I was challenging myself. I was just believing that God wanted me to grow more spiritually than I ever had in my life. I believed it was gonna be my best year of spiritual growth and I just wanted to go on record and declare it that God was, I believe, as I sought him, it was gonna be my best year of spiritual growth. And so you're thinking, man, that's gonna be all good stuff and it is good stuff, but it doesn't always come the way that we see it. And in the fall of 2014, Heather and I experienced our, our darkest time and season in ministry. It was a difficult time. It was a tough time. I, I remember we went on prayer walks for a couple months. We would go on prayer walks every night. And sometimes we'd pray for an hour to two hours crying out to God. I lost 20 pounds. It was not the weight loss plan I was seeking, but nonetheless, it kind of came at that time. We began to pray and ask God. But it seemed like the more we cried out to him, the, the more deaf he seemed to be. The, the less we began to, and finally we humbled ourselves before our life group at the time and just shared what was going on and we needed their prayers and we were asking for them for, to pray for us. And I remember a prayer warrior in our group, her name is Mercedes, a beautiful lady, her and her husband, Steve. And Mercedes said, Pastor, I know. I said, you don't know. I, mean, I haven't even told you the half of it. She goes, no, I know. For a couple months ago, God asked me to start praying for you extra, for you and Heather. He told me that you guys were going to be going through something, and he began to put me on my knees to intercede for both of you. And I just want you to know it's going to be okay. God's going to take you through it. In that same season and same time, my office assistant at our church, uh, we talked every day and all the time because we worked together. But her husband was a quiet man, but he came into my office, asked for a minute to be with me, and he, and he shared with me a word from the Lord that felt like God had given him. And it was Psalm 91. I love Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the fowler's snare and from the perilous pestilence. And those were the words he shared with me. He said, Pastor, I believe God has given me a word that God is going to deliver you from the fowler's snare. He's going to deliver you 
from what's going on. He goes, I don't know if he's going to deliver you out of this or if he's going to deliver you from this, but he's going to deliver you. And God didn't answer the prayers the way that we had prayed and the way that we hoped. But what we saw in hindsight was God was using our setback to set us up. God was using our setback for his comeback. And I look back now with hindsight and I see those prayers answered not in the way that we wanted them. You see, in the waiting, God was doing something in Heather and I. God was doing something in me. God was doing something in us. And I believe this with all my heart is before God can do something great through you, he first has to do something in you. And sometimes God's refining us and he's working on us. And it doesn't mean because he's silent that he's not working. Sometimes he has to do something great in you before he can do something, before he can do something great through you, he has to do something great in you. And God is working in our hearts and our lives, preparing us. While you're waiting on God, while you're waiting, let God do the work because God is working. God is working. He may not feel like he's working. I don't know what you're going through today. You may not feel like he's working. You may not see that he's working, but he is working. It's what makes Christianity unique. All other religions of the world is about earning and striving and pursuing God and trying to earn his favor and trying to work to obtain God's love and his acceptance. Christianity is the one place where it's flipped. It's the one place where our God, which I believe is the only God, our God, he pursued us. He went after us first. He loved us first. He worked on our behalf. He went to the cross on our behalf. We only love because he first loved us. He is at work. God is working. And just at the right time, he sent his son. If he would have done it earlier, so many would have missed out. God was using that season and time of silence and darkness to get a language set up so in a highway system and an infrastructure where his word could spread. At just the right time, at just the right moment, God sent his son, born of a virgin, born of Mary, to come and live an innocent life, to die on a cross for our sins. And sometimes we may think he is slow in keeping his promises. The apostle Peter speaks of this in chapter, uh, 2 Peter verse uh, 9 of chapter 3. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. See, God is interested in everyone. God is interested in everybody. God is interested in all the peoples of the world. He's interested in you. You may be one who's thinking today, and he's interested in others, but he doesn't see me. He's not listening to me. He's not answering me. He is interested in you. He loves you. And even when it doesn't seem like he's working or feel like he's working, he is going to use your setback for his setup to accomplish his purposes. And there's going to come a day when we're going to all look in hindsight from eternity and we're going to say, okay, it made sense. Didn't make sense at all. It may not make sense on this side of heaven and this side of, of in, this side, in this earth. But God wants and will make sense of it all one day. What if the God you're waiting for 
is waiting for you. You've been waiting on God, but the reality is he's waiting for you to respond to him. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray this morning that I believe you're speaking. I believe you're working in our hearts and our lives. Lord, I thank you that even when it doesn't feel like you're working, we can't see you're working. You never stop working. You're working. You're working right now. You're drawing men and women and kids to yourself right now. You're pursuing us right now. The question is, will we respond? Will we receive? Will we accept? I, I pray for someone in here right now watching online or in this room, and right now, God's pursuing you. He wants you. He loves you. He died for you. He wants to have a relationship with you, but he's waiting for you to say yes, to respond to him. Today, let it be this day of salvation. Let Christ come into your heart and into your life by just saying, God, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for my sins. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Make me a brand new person inside. Use my setbacks for your setup and your comeback, for your purpose and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.